The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, social and business. Will this marriage last? Hmm. The experts speak. And here's a tip. I have a packed panel. Experts, different generations, all kinds of POVs. You know what that is. So let's get started. We're going to hear today from Professor Jerry Kane of Boston College. He says, we're only at the beginning of the revolution, ushered in by and through social, mobile, and digital technologies. Businesses, societies, governments will be so radically different in 15 years as a result of the technologies, we will barely recognize them compared to today. We haven't seen anything yet. Sounds like something I want to crochet on a banner somewhere, Jerry. We'll be talking to Professor Kane in just a few minutes. Joining him is student Gabby San Martin, and she says, Social media is rapidly changing the way the world works, especially the business world. That's why Gabby's on today's panel. She says, Business is no longer a one way street, but has quickly become a conversation between what else? The customer and the company. And she adds, social media gives individuals a voice and it will be heard. I hear her pounding her fist on the desk there. We'll welcome Gabby in just a minute. Also joined by graduate student from Boston College, friends who I call him Ro, Ro Ori. And he says, as social media becomes overloaded and popular, in quotes, the key skill will be properly filtering the data, or in a more human sense, the old-fashioned word, listening. Roe will explain in a minute. Also joining us on the SAP side, or I might say the grown-up side, is Mark Yalton from SAP, a return guest here to the show. He says, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. It's the to change. A little side note, everybody thinks Darwin said this, not true. It's probably Leon Megason, Professor of Management and Marketing at Louisiana State in Baton Rouge. Forgive me, I did look it up, Mark. And rounding out the panel is Todd Wilms from SAP, also a return guest. Thrilled to have him back. He says, by 2015, we will be drowning in content and messages. As marketers, it's our responsibility to clean up the landscape. How? by creating smart, targeted content and messages. And here's his call to action. Stop the deluge of trash choking the digital landscape. Big call to action. Thank you, Todd. So join us for the next hour for the next generation, social and business. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you're doing the counting, this is live episode number 83, and today is the 1st of May 
Wednesday, May 1st, 2013. Woohoo! I want to do a little note here to my Game Changer listeners, then I'll introduce the guest, and then we'll find out what their quotes meant. Hey, listeners, you know you have to do it, but it can be painful thinking about how to harness your business's Big Data, that's a capital B and a capital D. Go to our show page on the Business Channel, click any banner. You go to a resource center and look for the ebook on how to start eliminating the pain of big data. It's free. Compliments on us. Woohoo. Okay, let's dig into our panel. I'm welcoming Jerry Kane, PhD. He's an associate professor of information systems at Boston College's Carroll School of Management. His research interests include exploring the role of information systems in social networks, which is why he's here, organizational applications, implications of social media, and also the use of IT in healthcare organizations. How are you, Jerry Kane? Welcome. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, and thanks for bringing the next two guests. I'm going to welcome Ro Ori. He graduated from Northeastern University in 2006, seven years ago, and Ro works at Boston College ITS, and he's an evening MBA student at the Carroll School. Hi, Ro. How are you today? I'm good, Bonnie. How are you? Thank you. And by the way, we love love the uh, avatar you sent instead of a normal headshot. That's our first avatar on a panel picture. So thank you. Woohoo! And joining us also is sophomore at Boston College, Gabby San Martin. She's studying international studies, concentrating on political science. She also takes classes at the Carroll School of Management, and she's in Jerry Kane's Social Media for Managers class. She's not busy enough, so she's also a teaching assistant for his Computers in Management course. Welcome, Gabby San Martin. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for joining me. And Mark Yolton, you're a veteran of SAP Radio. Mark is a senior VP of digital marketing, social media, online communities at SAP. He manages the SCN social network at SAP, the corporate website, 70 country websites, social media presence, and SAP's tech ed events for technologists. Mark, you're a busy guy. Thanks for joining me. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. Greatly proud to be on with the Boston College folks. Greatly proud is a wonderful thing. i got to put quotes around that. Malcolm, we can tweet that one. And Todd Wilms, last but certainly not least, heads the strategy for SAP's disco organization. No, don't put on your Donna Summer records. Digital, social, and community makes up disco. Helps SAP achieve its goal of becoming a world-class social enterprise. Todd used to be working for many well-known brands, including PayPal, eBay, Citrix, IBM, PeopleSoft. That's quite a resume. How are you today, Todd Wilms? I'm, I'm doing great, and they, they allow me in the building at the Carroll School of Management, so I'm proud about that. I'm proud of that, too. We'll have to make sure they renew your pass. So <laughs> let's go into our quotes. Jerry Kane, you say we're only at the beginning of the revolution ushered in by Mobile, social, digital technologies, it's going to change businesses, societies, governments radically in 15 years. We haven't seen anything yet. I want to save your predictions for the end of the show, but give me a clue. Anything really, really huge happening before those 15 years? Jerry, talk to me. Well, it's hard to say. You know, I'm an academic. If I knew uh, exactly where things were going, I would start up companies and make billions of dollars. But, um, you know, I'm always wary of, as I teach this, it's social media in some ways is so overhyped um, that we, we talk about it changing and revolutionizing things. And I, and I do think it, we will. I, I'm not sure it will it necessarily work in the way that we think it will because social media is really this interplay between um, the technology and the behavioral affordances it allows. And I think those have really only be- 
begun to crack the business sphere uh, to think about how we might do business differently as a result of these tools. And I do think once we figure it all out, uh, the magnitude of the change is going to be in line with that of the Industrial Revolution. That's pretty major, I would say. Let's tr- Thank you, Jerry. Let's turn to your students so we get their voices on the air. Gabby San Martin, social media is changing the way the world works, especially business. Talk to me when you say social media gives individuals a voice and it will be heard. This sounds like a mantra, a war cry. Talk to me, Gabby. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned from being this class, it's really that social media can't be ignored, um, like I said, especially for businesses. So there's all these new platforms that create opportunities for companies to uh, to foster conversations between them and their customers. And I really think the key there is for the businesses to capitalize on that communication, crowdsource, uh, target the right audience, turn to the group for ideas, and ultimately and, and the, at the end of the day really just listen to what these people are saying. And I do think that's applicable for a B2B or a B2C company, um, especially after doing a project for SAP this past week. But I do realize that that's a lot easier said than done, and um, I do think uh, companies are very tentative to turn to social media. It's hard to measure um, ROI, and it's hard to, um, you know, pay for that, and it's pretty risky. But uh, I do think that companies are going to have to adapt. I think we just got an overview of Social Media for Business 101. Thank you, Gabby. Quick question for you. Do you engage in social media with the brands you buy from, Gabby? Do you get on, uh, do you get on Twitter? Do you get on Facebook? Do you, uh, like pages? Do you tell companies what you think of their products? Just quickly tell me. Yeah, I do. Um, especially with brands that I like shop for or something that, something of that nature. Um, I do like their Facebook page and follow their Twitter page as well. Very cool. I didn't know that before the show. Just curious. I want to see if you, you put your uh, your Twitter and your Facebook mouse in the place where you're walking the walk <laughs> and talking the talk. Thank you. Ro Ori, graduate student. As social media becomes overloaded and popular, the key is still the human quality of listening. How important is listening and who should do that listening? The company, the consumer, everyone. Talk to me, Ro. I think there's room for everybody to be listening, um, but I really think it's geared towards businesses. Um, for the first, I, I don't know, since Twitter's been out, 2007 or so, um, every you know, companies are joining Twitter for the sake of joining um, and tweeting out, say, marketing, advertising, um, trying to gain a following. Uh, but as there becomes sort of a significant amount of data to, to sift through, uh, I, I do think businesses could spend a lot more energy trying to figure out how to uh, hear what their consumers are saying and, and, and maybe be able to... Uh, guide what their practices are based more on what they're they're seeing people say rather than um, what they're telling people to do. And so there's sort of a shift happening, and it might be based on, you know, it, what I was saying is as things get more popular, so as the data gets filled with essentially junk, um, it becomes a lot more difficult for a company to sort of filter through the junk and figure out what's important. Uh, but the information's out there. Uh, much like the Internet boom and, and just sort of getting any information you want at any given time, uh, I think there's that same sort of thing is happening with just marketing information, uh, consumer behavior, and things like that. So uh, the data is out there. It's just going to be a matter of figuring out how to find what you need. 
Very well put. Ro, later on in the predictions segment of the show at the end, I'm going to ask you if you think we need a new chair in the C-suite called the CLO, the Chief Listening Officer. I'm sure everybody will want to approach that one. Mark Yolton from SAP quoted what we think is Charles Darwin, not likely. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. It's the one most adaptable to change. What are we talking about here, Mark Yolton? Well, Bonnie, change is the theme. It's been even the name of your radio program, uh, Coffee Break with Game Changers. Um, right. And really, change is a constant. Um, I was reflecting a little bit as I was anticipating coming on this program uh, with the folks from Boston College, and it's hard to imagine, but it's about been about 30 years since I was where Gabby is right now. Um, so in college and so on. And I was reflecting on the amount of change that I've seen over those 30 years, and it's extraordinary. And so one of the things that I thought about as I figured that some of the folks that will listen in today will be from Boston College, um, mm-hmm. the colleagues and the, and the friends of these, these folks, as they navigate their careers and their lives, um, they're going to experience tremendous change. And we've already heard a little bit about it um, previously today. Um, they're, they're going to see the world change around them. They're going to see their careers change. So adaptability and reinvention and resilience, I think, are some of the qualities that are going to serve them well. So I wanted to put in, put in everybody's mind that social media and business is just another change. Um, it's something that's going to be transformative, and it's already transforming business. But these students, these folks, and other people who are listening are going to see tremendous change over the course of their careers and their lives, and they need to be uh, ready for it, and they need to have the right mindset about it, and they simply need to be constantly learning and adapting and, and um, reinventing themselves so that they can be successful. Thank you, Mark. And we're going to round out this section. We have about a minute left before break. I'm giving it to Todd Wilms from SAP. Todd, let's follow up on what Roe introduced, the idea of needing to listen and sift through. And you talk about marketers are responsible for stopping the deluge. I love that word. Deluge of trash choking the digital landscape. Boy, that's a picture image. Yeah, it's the great okay. thing about going last is I get an opportunity to play off of what everybody else said. And it, it does chime into. The conversations from everyone, from um, from Jerry up front to Gabby to Roe to Mark, this really is about change. And part of the change is brands and organizations and companies now trying to figure out how to use these new channels and how to communicate with audiences. And we're in our infancy on how to listen and how to communicate. And so what's happening is people have woken up to this idea. And instead of being smart and focused and targeted, it becomes a buckshot approach. And everyone starts flooding the airwaves with content. You know, if you can become famous on The Real Housewives or you can become famous for being a Kardashian, you can become famous by flooding content airwaves with all of your stuff. And some of it's good, but most of it's bad. And so what marketers, what brands, what companies need to do is be really smart, really targeted. And this goes back to exactly what Ro said. We've got to focus on how do we listen to what our audiences need and tell their stories instead of telling our stories. We've got to flip the model. And that's difficult. It's a real challenge for companies. And that change, as Mark was talking about, is very difficult for organizations to come by. And some of them are waking up to it, and some of them are saying, this is a better way to do it. And there's some models out there of companies that are doing it really well, most of them still trying to figure themselves out. 
Thank you, Todd. That's a great way to round out the first segment. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Are you a game changer? You want to be one? You got to hear our multi-generational panel today. We have Boston College professor Jerry Kane, who brought us two very articulate and smart and savvy students. Gabby San Martin, undergraduate, Roe Ori, graduate student. And we have two people who've graduated from the College of Life, as well as probably many institutions. And Todd Wilms, two of my favorite people. We're going to be talking more about business and social or social and business. Will this marriage last and what will it look like in 15 years? Maybe we should ask, will this marriage be saved? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, 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 and here we are, and it's time for the What's in Your Cup segment. Jerry Kane, what does a professor of information systems at Boston College drink on a beautiful, sunny Wednesday East Coast morning in the U.S.? Talk to me. Well, my degree is actually from Emory University in Atlanta, and Emory uh, is actually the single largest shareholder, institutional shareholder of Coca-Cola. So, you know, it's sort of, uh, <laughs> since they paid for a good portion of my education, it's sort of obligatory that I have Coke in my cup um, as, we, as we talk. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks for the pitch. We love brand yes, pitches exactly. on the show. And That's they're an perfect. SAP customer, I might add. <laughs> there you go. Let's keep it all in the family. Gabby St. Martin, what are you drinking today, my dear? Um, well, I'm at Boston College right now, and I'm pretty sure they um, put water in the coffee, so I'm on my... Uh, second cup of coffee this morning. Okay, so you're saying watered-down coffee. What does it taste like when it doesn't have that much water? Is there a name to it, a brand, a flavor? Tell me. Um, I really don't even know what the brand is. It, it's in a container. I couldn't tell you, but I put a lot of sugar in it and try to make it taste as good as She's possible. a college student. She can't afford actual coffee. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Well, we're going to have to we're going to have to send you a Game Changers mug, and we're going to make sure somebody, Jerry Kane, is going to buy you a real cup of coffee to fill in that <laughs> mug. Absolutely. Jerry, you're on warning here. Roe Ori. Talk to me. What does a graduate student, post-grad, who's also an evening MBA student at the Carroll School of Management, what are you drinking today, Ro? I was tempted to tell you I was drinking a beer, but considering I'm still working uh, and I don't really know the reach of this podcast, um, I was I was tempted to, uh, I shied away, and so 
I'm drinking an unnecessarily strong cup of coffee uh, made out of an AeroPress. Uh, it's sort of a there's a little subculture with this sort of coffee maker. I don't know. Some people might have heard of it, but um, it, it allows me to do uh, sort of essentially make the strongest cup of coffee you could possibly imagine. Um, and so I apologize if I sound jittery. <laughs> you don't at all, by the way. They don't let me have caffeine on show days. Wonder why. Mark <laughs> Yolton, what's in your cup today? Uh, well, Bonnie, uh, 61 years ago today, a little bit of history. Mr. Potato Head was introduced this, this day in 1952, May 1st. And so I'm drinking uh, fermented potato juice, which Todd Wilms likes to call vodka. <laughs> well, I have to ask you, Mark, forgive me, but where are you calling from and what time of the day is it, might I ask? Well, it's about 8.20 a.m. in Palo Alto in the Silicon Valley, and I've been up since 4 a.m., which is my normal wake-up time because uh, SAP is such a global company that we have lots of colleagues across the world, and so we're always trying to catch the Europeans early in the morning before they leave for their afternoon. So it's 8.20, but it's about halfway di- through my day already. Well, I'm glad you're drinking good potato juice. I hope it's nice and strong and gets you through the day. And to answer Roe's question, Roe already said he doesn't know how far and wide. Roe, we have evidence that we are heard in 37 countries, or rather 37 countries are actively listening to the show. So there you go. They now all know that you're not having beer for breakfast. Todd Wilms, what? <laughs> Todd, what are you drinking today? Yeah, well, uh, philosophically drinking the Kool-Aid, but... Uh... But in reality, drinking a uh, nice cup of coffee with uh, a little bit of 2% milk. The coffee's not so special, but what's special is the cup, which has a picture of my two smiling young boys on it. So that's how I start my morning. Wonderful. I still want to send you the official SAP Coffee Break mug. And let's do a couple of tweets here. We're hearing we're being heard by Margot Heiligman from SAP. Always delighted to have her tweeting with us. And she says, of course, Margot has her Nespresso, Doppio Espresso. Since their customer serve, that's hashtag serve, helped me fix my machine over the phone. Bravo to you and to Nespresso, Margot. Always glad to hear from you. And Malcolm, my co-producer extraordinaire and designated tweeter, says, I can't get enough of my Equator Coffee's Alligator French, although one cup is all it takes. Thank you, Malcolm. Glad you're on board. Okay, time for our roundtable. The real, real reason we're here. I want to dig in. Let's do what I love to call level setting. Jerry Kane, let's do a definition, really basic for the uninitiated or anybody who's been hiding under a rock, or maybe just for the whole panel. What is social media? The question, and you say, that's a tough question. Talk to me, Jerry. Let's start the ball rolling, please. Yes, when I teach this class, I actually effectively dodge that question for about 13 weeks, um, and I'm pretty uh, upfront about it because I think we are still in the process of, of figuring out exactly what is what it is. We can talk about, you know, the technological dimensions of it. We can talk about, um, you know, the codes and the, the technologies and the platforms, et cetera, et cetera. But in some ways, we don't even care about that. What we are really interested in uh, is what I call the behavioral affordances or what it enables, so, social media enables us to do differently than what we can do without it. Uh, so most of us don't care about XML or Ruby on Rails and such like that. We care that we can talk to larger groups of people. We care that we can organize faster, quicker, better uh, than we ever could before groups of disconnected people and engage in group action. Um, and so I would argue social media, at least from a business perspective, is less about the technology and more about what it enables us to do as employees and as managers and as businesses. 
Thank you, Jerry. I want to bring Roe into this conversation. Roe has an interesting point of view. He says the social media craze is about equal to the SEO craze of mid-2000. And here's the kicker. Roe says few are naturally brilliant. Lots try too hard, and most will never understand its worth. Not sure if that's good or bad, but that may be the reason Todd talks about the deluge of trash. Roe, talk to me. This seems like a very mature viewpoint. How much of this is personal experience? How much from Jerry Kane's class? And how much from your own research? What have you found? Uh, so I think it's, a lot of it's just from my experience um, sort of working in IT and uh, having a chance to, you know, just sort of talking with colleagues and things like that. Uh, the idea that the the sort of SEO craze of the 2000s, which I think is actually somehow still continuing on, but um, the idea of you know a small business hiring some um, quote unquote SEO hotshot to uh, build page rank and so that they can get higher up on Google, um, and it, it always just struck me as an odd thing that somebody would c- sort of consider themselves an SEO hotshot and uh, but not really be uh, a very technical or savvy sort of uh, quote-unquote web developer. Um, mm-hmm. And I sort of think the same thing's happening a little bit where uh, it's in, in some ways it just seems like social media is a great opportunity for um, a sort of amateur hour. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, possibly this means that I could uh, get off this podcast and have somebody hire me as a social media whiz kid and um, and really not necessarily – quite understand the technology behind uh, why uh, social media works or what you can do with it. Um, The idea that I could maybe just get your uh, page higher on Google and therefore uh, do my job and get paid money. Very well put. I want to bring in Mark Yolton now. Mark, you, t- you said, told me before the show, you said young professionals earlier in their careers today have built up skills that those of us, and I include you and me and maybe even Todd and maybe Jerry, who've been around for a while had to learn anew or had to define best practices as a new technology emerged. And you say the younger professionals have an advantage. Social media is a good example. Talk to me about that, Mark, please. Well, for folks that are, that are younger who have grown up with this, um, their skill set feels more natural. They haven't known anything different. They don't need to unlearn old habits the way that some of us have who, who, are, who have 30 years of distance between them and their university. Um, they de- don't need to remember to inject new approaches or new attitudes to their work and projects. We're constantly doing that here, is reminding people to inject social media or inject different behaviors uh, into the work that they're doing, campaigns or, or communications things, whatever it happens to be. So at, uh, at SAP, consequently, um, we try to leverage that advantage that the younger folks have through things like reverse mentoring. For example, we have, instead of in a normal mentoring relationship, you might have the old grizzled, uh, gray-haired person mentoring their younger protege. We do reverse mentoring where we have the younger people help the seasoned veterans adopt and adapt to social media to teach them the tools like Twitter and Facebook and, and the cultural approaches uh, that are appropriate in each of those media, to coach them on tone and the cultural norms, and, and it essentially takes the concept of mentoring and turns it upside down, and it gives both the new and the veteran employees exposure to each other's skills and wisdom. And so really what we're saying is these folks haven't had to learn this because it's just sort of natural. It's part of their growing uh, and maturing process. And for some of us, it's new and it feels unnatural. And so we're, we're having those younger folks teach the, teach the veterans 
um, how to inject social media into their day-to-day business practices. Thank you, Mark. Good point. Bonnie, Todd, go I'm going to... Yeah, Real please, quick. go uh, ahead. Because this is Jerry. Um, yeah, hi, what Jerry. What we do at BC is the class I teach is actually a combination of undergrad and graduate students. That's why we have both Roe and Gabby here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with what Mark said, is that the, the younger generation has grown up with this, but they oftentimes do lack sort of the organizational savvy um, of, of how to use it strategically and how to use it appropriately in businesses. And so exactly what Mark said, this conversation between the older students and the younger students, they both bring different understandings that together they learn from each other. And I think what they're doing at SAP is great. And I would, but I would encourage, uh, you know, the younger folks to still learn from the older folks because there is, there is a lot that they can uh, still learn from the, the more established uh, mentors because a lot of what happens in these uh, settings is is different by only a matter of degree, um, and and some of the old skills still do apply. Thank you. Good points, Jerry. I want to get Todd and Gabby both in here, and I've got about a minute and a half to go, so let's see if we can split this evenly. Todd, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want Gabby to comment on that. You say, the web has enabled everyone to be influential these days. All it takes is a blog and a video camera, good or bad. Talk to me, Todd, and then Gabby, I want your take on this, please. Yeah, I think it it chimes off the conversation we've just been having about mm-hmm. what are digital natives. So right. you've got people now that can come in and communicate, and they can share their ideas, and suddenly they become extremely popular. And they, again, it's this, this deluge of content in the marketplace. Everybody's talking. Everybody's an influencer. Everyone's got a point of view. But if no one's sitting back and, and listening and actually engaging and communicating and having a conversation, it's just noise. And uh, I'll give Gabby an opportunity to talk about that because I know she's got an opinion on this. Gabby, well, I do, talk to me. I do definitely agree, especially seeing how all my friends use social media compared to how I've learned to use it in the classroom. Um, everyone kind of thinks that their opinion matters, and that's not necessarily the case. And I do think there's a core competency that people in my generation have to learn about social media. So even though everyone can post a blog or post a video, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily right or that they're necessarily using it in the right way. And so that's where I think um, that businesses have a problem because targeting students uh, of, like, my generation who might not necessarily um, hear what they're having, what these businesses are having to say because the businesses aren't targeting uh, the younger individuals in the right way. So it's, there's definitely a disconnect there. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you to the whole panel. When we come back after the break, I'm going to ask Todd Wilms, Wilms to kick off the second part of our roundtable. Todd makes a really good point. He says... Dr. Todd Wilms says we all suffer from ADD these days, and here's the big question we're all going to try to answer. How do companies communicate with customers who have short attention spans? And then he says, wait, what were we talking about? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Don't think even for a second about touching that app, that mouse, that dial, however you're hearing us. I have a great panel today. We're getting a multi-generational approach in academia, post-academia, everywhere. You don't even want to think about missing this. A lot more coming up here. We'll be right back. Brad, out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag SAPRADIO now let's get back to coffee break with game changers sometimes life comes down to just three little letters and my little letters to open this segment of the round table are ADD from Dr. Todd Wilms you're an honorary doctor right now Todd you can be anybody you want to be on the show and you say we all suffer from ADD how do companies communicate with customers with short attention spans I think we're talking about which people in which companies but Todd kick this off and then we're going to hear from Jerry Kane and his students on their take on social and business Todd go yeah, it's it's hard, and thank you for the honorary title. By the way, I like the You're I like welcome, the bump. My dear. There's a bump in pay that goes with that. I'd like to discuss that. No, there's I'll not. I'll split the I'll split the delta <laughs> with you, dear. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the thing with ADD, and and it's it's typical for most consumers is they've come out and started looking at you know experiencing a brand or experiencing an organization or um, experiencing a company online. They don't have the time or the energy to sort through long-form content, those long white papers, those long pieces of, of uh, written word, uh, the 32-minute video anymore. That stuff is lost on them. And this isn't necessarily a new or novel idea, but it's becoming harder and harder and harder. And as a, as a writer, I know that I lose people after a 1,000 words. And what typically mm-hmm. works even better is if I can put something into a short slide deck with three words on each slide and some pretty pictures. Yes. And so... It's one way good because we as organizations, as marketers, as content creators, have to be really smart, really focused, and really judicious in how we approach the the content. But it's also hard, too, because it's hard to get complex, creative ideas across to to, uh, consumers and to people in the marketplace that don't have the time, energy, or the attention span to, to go through it. And so that mix is, is frustrating, and I think it's frustrating for both sides of the house. Um, no one Thank you. This. Great points, Todd. I want to bring in Jerry Kane from Boston College. You sent me two notes here in your points before the show, Jerry. Let's talk about them. Social media for marketing is the quote-unquote low-hanging fruit for businesses, and you also say the most important thing for managers, I assume marketing managers, is to realize social media is not magic. It's just a tool. Talk to me, Jerry. Well, I think, um, you know, the marketers think they invented social media, um, and Ah. it's sort of their domain. Uh, and I really think most of the people uh, I talk to um, really think that um, 
the, the best is yet to come. And I think the real impact is when it gets going to get worked into the intra-organizational communication, allowing knowledge workers to collaborate and communicate more effectively. Um, sort of building on what Todd said is that that theme of ADD does come up a lot. So as we introduce mm-hmm. these tools, there are going to be some unintended and negative consequences. Um, but I, you know, what we cover in our class is that uh, so was Socrates worried that people would lose uh, their ability to remember things when the written word was, was introduced. And so this fear of new technologies changing the way we think is nothing new. Nothing new at all. Plus, ça change, plus la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Gabby San Martin, you believe that a double-edged sword is what social media is. A building, a business can build up, and just as easily, its reputation can be destroyed in a matter of seconds. Pretty heavy-duty mantra here, Gabby. What's your experience? What have you learned? What have you seen? Talk to me. Um, Professor Kane just mentioned uh, briefly that you know, there are some unintended negative consequences. Mm-hmm. I think for businesses, this really comes from the fact that consumers have a voice. Um, and so if one thing goes wrong and a consumer can post anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, on a blog, and that will go viral because people always want to hear bad news. So um, customers, like, have the ability to uh, make their voice heard, and uh, businesses have to be aware of that. But I think specifically um, with this past week um, in Boston with the bombings, we can really see how social media um, can be a double-edged sword um, in terms of how uh, the information was put out there so fast and how uh, the media really responded to it uh, too quickly. Um, and I think businesses can learn a lesson that there's all this content coming in all the time. And like everyone's touched on throughout the show, people really need to be able to sift through that content and learn what's important. Thank you, Gabby. Mark Yolton, I want to bring you in here. You say, whereas social media has been used by marketing departments for years and sometimes by customer service or support, here's a new concept. Social selling is a relatively new extension. How does this go with what everybody's been talking about? Mark, please. Well, Bonnie, um, I'm in the marketing organization, and to a large extent, we sit between the product organization that builds stuff, builds solutions, and the sales organization that wants to reach, uh, reach customers with that and get them to sign on the dotted line. So we use social media for a couple things, um, several things. Um, think of a, a buyer's journey. Number one, we use social media in order to reach a greater number of individuals or companies um, so that they know about SAP or our company. Just insert your company here. Uh, so reach is really tremendous because we don't only get the folks that are following us or paying attention to, to our company, but we get their friends if they share that as well. So we get increased reach. Secondly, we get engagement. There are so many people in companies today that have a direct ability to engage with customers or prospects or suppliers or partners that never existed 10 years ago. You were several layers removed. So we can directly engage with these people through social media. Next, we try to capture them or convert them into, um, into leads or into customers. And so there's that kind of activity where we really deepen and strengthen the relationship and really um, get connected that way. And then, of course, there's this lifetime relationship for companies that are our customers. Um, they often have SAP installed for decades. And so we use social media as a way to um, fulfill that lifetime relationship kind of a bond. We can 
always be providing them information or data or instructions or best practices or whatever it happens to be. Um, and social media is one of the tools that we use to do that. And I want to go back to what Roe said, and I think mm-hmm. um, others have said, include, including Gabby, is that listening piece. We always need to be listening as well. Social media becomes the megaphone up to our ear instead of up to our mouth. We're listening for the voice of the marketplace and listening for individual voices of our customers that are having problems or that, that are where we see an opportunity. Um, and so that listening piece is very important as well. So it becomes this loop of reach, engage, capture, convert, lifetime relationships, and listening all the way through so that we can cycle things back again. Very interesting. I, I want to introduce a concept here, something that's on my mind. I'd like anybody to jump in. You can all talk at once, and somebody will win the fray, and then we'll just go down the line. Question is, each one of us in our corporate jobs has a life as a consumer, as an individual, as a family person, as a hobbyist, whatever it is. We participate, many of us, in social media as an individual. We experience what Gabby called the voice that must be heard out there in the social community. And we experience in our corporate jobs, those of us who are in marketing or students who might go into marketing, we experience what does the company want to project as its image, as its brand, how responsive, I mentioned in the intro, CLO, the chief listening officer, perhaps a new chair in the C-suite. So how do you see, and we'll throw this out to anybody, how do you see this dichotomy of we as individuals participating in social media and perhaps talking to companies as part of that community, that engagement, and then in our jobs as marketers saying, hmm, how do I respond to that person? Parenthetically, who could be me? Uh, Mark, I want you to take this first and then let's open it up. Sure. We really do view the individual um, when we're dealing on social media. In particular, we have an online community that we host. Um, it, it preceded things like Facebook and LinkedIn, but it's in essence our own hosted social network. Um, it has about 2 million members of this community. They're mostly our customers and our partners and our prospects and, mm-hmm. and suppliers and so forth. We view the members of that community as individuals. Um, so we're not thinking of them as Coca-Cola or Nike or Daimler Chrysler or Lufthansa or whoever our customer account might be, but we're thinking of them of, uh, as Bob or Hans or Todd or, or Jeremy or, or Judith or whomever from those companies. When we aggregate those people together, they start to also project a brand of their company and we project a brand of ours. We want to project a brand of being uh, advanced and innovative and fast-moving and uh, having the right solutions and responsive and listening and caring and empathetic to our customers' journeys and their challenges and struggles. So all of these big brand attributes, um, number one, uh, we think about individuals rather than accounts on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, when you aggregate those people, uh, you get a sense of a brand, and we hope to project for our company, for our brand, a certain set of attributes that we hope are positive in the marketplace. Thank you. Who else wants to talk about the role of, of us having one foot in the door as social media users, as individuals, and the other foot in the door of being marketers? Anybody? Sorry, Todd, Bob. Jerry? Yeah, Bonnie, this is Todd. I'll, I'll jump in with yes. just a quick point. So just from a historical perspective, you know, back in the back in the 90s when pop-up ads started coming up, no marketer ever asked, is, is this annoying? Do people like this? <laughs> are, are people annoyed by this behavior? And now what's been happening, which is great, is we're consumers of this as well. So the litmus test that we put onto this is 
would I buy this product? Would I go through this experience? Is this something that I would enjoy and spend time on? And and that's been really refreshing. It's made it cool to be a marketer yes. again, where that was not the case 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Jerry Kane, how do you instruct your students? Do you tell them to experience social media with the hat on as a potential marketing professional or business owner, business manager, or do you tell them go out there and just experience it as a student, as a consumer, and see what happens? What's your perspective? Well, I think it's it's almost fruitless to separate those anymore because mm-hmm. if most of what social media is doing um, is blurring the lines between our various identities. You know, mm-hmm. back in the modern day, we had a work prep, uh, a work identity and a home identity and a hobby identity, and social media often brings those uh, really in contrast with one another. I'm reminded of an old Seinfeld where George had Bizarro George, which was his sec- mm-hmm. second life that was separate from his first one. I wonder how unusual that is, because if we go back, say, 100 years most people didn't have separate lives. Uh, they lived in small communities. Um, they worked, you know, the grocer had an identity. The banker had a, a personal identity, and everybody knew everybody's stuff. Uh, and I wonder if social media is sort of bringing back some of that pre-modern world where we don't have separate lives anymore. Interesting perspective. Gabby, when you're on social media, are you wearing your business student hat, or are you just Gabby San Martin? It depends. Honestly, for this class, it has been kind of separated, but I do think that's because a lot of my um, peers don't use social media in the same way that I've been taught to in this class. But that being said, I do really agree um, with what Pat said earlier. I think that's a huge benefit that we both that we have one foot in the door um, as an individual who's using social media and as a potential marketer to individuals using social media. So that way that I know if I'm posting something for a business, that I know people aren't going to spend time reading lengthy, lengthy blog posts or lengthy posts of any kind. Um, so you kind of know exactly who to target and how to target them, which I think is a huge benefit. Thanks, Gabby. Roe, give me 30 seconds on this topic before we go to break, please. What's your POV? So we um, we spent a lot of time in class talking about uh, the idea of building your personal brand, and I, I think it's going to be mm-hmm. start becoming a little bit even more you know buzzy that idea of, of, of you know your own personal brand brand and and really the blending of um, your personal life and your work life, and uh, it becomes honestly difficult uh, to sort of manage that, <clears throat> as well as um, the sort of idea that, you know, a, an individual may develop uh, a quote-unquote black book of addresses and contacts um, that is helpful for their job, uh, but if they were to separate from the company they're working for, um, the transition to a new company and sort of managing those contacts becomes sort of a difficult proposition. Um, sort of similar to maybe a real estate agent switching um, companies, uh, sort of who owns the contacts, uh, which in some ways is, you know, maybe the most important piece. You betcha. Okay, we're at break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. See, I said it the normal way. We're talking to Professor Jerry Kane and students Gabby San Martin, Ro Ori, and our professional marketers on the SAP side, Mark Yolton and Todd Wilms. When we come back, it's predictions time. You don't want to miss this. What will business and social look like? How will that marriage last? What will it be in 2018? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. It's time for our crystal ball round. Quick note to my Game Changer listeners. Is big, big, big data really giving you a pain in any part of your body or your head? Go to our show page. Look at some of the clickable banners, go to our resource center and look for the white paper on how to take the pain out of big data. It's on us. Okay, I know my guests have been polishing off the crystal ball during the break. I only gave them 57 seconds, so they're really doing speed polishing. Professor Jerry Kane, 2018 is only five years away. What do you see coming down the pike for this marriage, I call it, of business and social, social and business? Will the marriage last? What will it look like? A happy household? Talk to be Jerry Kane. Um, it's going to be a rocky household. Uh, you know, it's going ah. to be a rocky transition as we work, as we figure out how to use these tools. We're going to make colossal mistakes, and we're going to have extreme benefits. But as IT and social media becomes more ubiquitous, it's also going to generate more data, which you were just talking about, and the ability to analyze that data and work together smarter is going to be more powerful than ever before. Okay. Any uh, any comments to any words of the wise, from the wise to businesses on how to use the wonderful students who are coming out of your classes, Jerry, to their advantage as marketers, just quickly? Uh, just do it. I mean, you can hem and haw all you want about social media and whether we should get in, but uh, it really is one of those things that's best solved in the walking. So you, you get in there, you experiment with it, you learn, you make some mistakes, and you grow as a company. Good. And bring the Don't smart wait. kids in. There you go. Don't wait. Gabby San Martin, what do you predict for five years from today for social and business, Gabby? Um, I think in five years, like Professor, said, Professor King just said, um, it will still be pretty rocky. But I think in the course of 10 or 15 years, uh, hopefully social media will be completely integrated into the workplace. So it's not just bottom-up and content-driven from the customers, but it's also top-down um, from those C-level positions using social media in their daily interactions with the customers and um, with their fellow colleagues as well. Gabby, I'm going to ask you a, a bonus question here. Where will Gabby San Martin be in five years, 2018? Give us a little <laughs> prediction. Where do you want to be in the business world? Do you want to be running a social media company? Where will we find you in five years? Um, I honestly don't know yet, but I really am interested in working in nonprofits. Um, and in this, and, but what I'm doing this summer is um, – using social media to give people in developing countries a voice. So hopefully I can 
um, merge my two interests together and something and find something in five years. <laughs> Very exciting. You have a country picked out? You're going to travel? Um, no, I don't have a country picked out, but I'm really interested in the Middle East. Okay, well, we, oh, be careful. We will follow you on social and see the travels of Gabby San Martin as she figures out what she wants to do in the crystal ball between now and 2018. Thank you, Gabby. Thanks for, thanks for allowing me to ask that question. And Ro, I have a similar question for you. Give me your predictions, social and business, good marriage, rocky marriage, and where will Ro Ori be in five years, please? Uh, so in 2018, I'll be, uh, absolutely dissatisfied if we don't have flying cars because I think I've been waiting on those since like 2000 or so. Um, and but I, I think more importantly the um, the idea. So this is sort of I don't know if this is uh, selfish thinking, but the idea of recruitment uh, and sort of finding jobs I think is is actually going to be a, a place to change. So um, companies like LinkedIn uh, have been trying to figure out sort of a better way to to allow people to find jobs. Um, but sort of the the switching of the script in that you know I, instead of me looking for companies and sort of you know blindly sending out resumes. Mm-hmm. through what was monster.com, you know, a few years ago, it's probably going to shift where, um, you know, people have their own personal, you know, brands or, um, you know, lives on the Internet that you could, that a company could actually seek out. So um, the idea of being able to recruit from a company's perspective um, employees that fit your, your uh, mold a little bit better, I think there's just that, that being able to get that information is going to be uh, helpful for that. Ro, I think it's already happening. That's how SAP found me online three years ago. Needle in a haystack. Woo! There you go. There you go. It is already happening. Thank you, Ro. Mark Yolton, can you look ahead five years for me, Mark? What do you see? Social and business, business and social. Who's holding the purse strings, social or business? Well, I think it's going to be a blissful marriage. I think these two things are going to be very, very integrated. Because I believe that the businesses that don't are going to be on the decline, and we're not going to know those uh, brands anymore. Um, I also think that social won't happen in a vi- vacuum. Um, we see the rise of many things. We see, of course, social. We see big data. We see mobile. We see cloud computing. So I think there's this convergence of things that are going to enable some extraordinary things to occur over the next 5, 10, 15 years. One that I just might point out, let's just take a crazy idea like wearable computing. Um, we're starting to see Google Glass come, come about um, so that you can wear a computer essentially on your face and you can look through it and you can talk to it and it'll record things, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to see a watch from Apple sometime in the next 6 to 12 months where you'll be able to wear your iPhone essentially on your wrist. I think we're going to also have... Uh, clothing that changes temperature, et cetera, et cetera, depending on the climate and your preferences and so on. So I'm seeing all these things converge. So let's just think. I mean, I could walk into Starbucks and st- instead of telling them my coffee preference, they sense that I'm there and they make the coffee so that I don't have to go to the lady and tell her, you know, I, I need a triple venti, you know, non-fat vanilla latte. They just know and they build it. We don't have to wear name tags at conferences anymore because your glasses are going to tell you who that person is standing in front of you when the last time you had a conversation and what you talked about. And um, how people rated we, that we'll, conversation. Big, yeah, big data <laughs> will give you the bio of that person and tell you where you have similar hobbies and maybe you grew up in the same hometown or something. So I think all of these things are going to converge, and the businesses that take advantage of this, this convergence of social and mobile and big data and cloud computing and on and on, they're the ones that are going to really be the brands of the future, and we're going to see it fully embedded with a very happy marriage. 
that's a wonderful prediction. Mark, I sense we need to get you back in the panel and talk about predictions for social in the next five years. I think that's a topic that will fill an entire hour with wonderful. Todd Wilms, let's finish out this prediction segment. What do you see, my friend? Sure. Um, and I, I want to say just one thing up front. I want to acknowledge um, Roe and Gabby for being really smart, bright, articulate students at, at, uh, and coming you out bet. of the show and, and having some great input at this age. I think I was more worried about putting flame decals on my Pontiac when I was their age than <laughs> coming in and doing something really smart. So kudos to, to the both of you. I um, think you echo all of us, Todd. Thank you for that. Go ahead. I can give you a yeah. minute and a half, less than a minute for your predictions. Go. All right, let's do it. So, so really quick, I think, you know, five, six, seven years ago when social first came on the scene, we were all caught somewhat flat-footed. We were all caught surprised. And it took us a while to rally and get behind it. Now I think people are expecting it. They're expecting the new. They're expecting the change. They're expecting the, the different. And so now as things like Google Glass come out, companies and organizations and, and, um, and uh, businesses are already putting restrictions around Google Glass. They're putting policies around, can you wear it in my store? Can you wear it at my dance club? And so they're, they're already starting to get ahead of it before the stuff hits the market. So I think we're, we're starting to get ahead of it and react to it a little bit better. I do think it's leaning towards a happy marriage. I don't know that it's going to get there as quickly as Mark maybe believes, and I think we've got a rocky road still for the next three or four years as we figure this all out. Um, but either way, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Interesting and fun are good operative words. It's now it's time for Bonnie's predictions. It's easy. I wrote them down. Here we go. Coffee break with Game Changers next Wednesday, May 8th. Is it really May 1st? The year is flying by. We're going to be talking about your contact center and CRM, the face your customers see first. Hmm. Telephony and BCM, Business Communications Management. And next Tuesday on our other show, Financial Excellence with Game Changers, May 7th, we'll be talking about strategic execution. What's your your game plan for ensuring strategic initiatives are executed successfully. Is there any other way to execute them? And May 14th on the Financial Excellence Show, we'll be talking about something that concerns everyone, the role of internal audit and how leaders are driving risk and compliance programs. I want to thank my wonderful panel, multi-generational, multi-dimensional, multi-discipline, Professor Jerry Kane, Boston College. Thank you, hugs and hugs, and thank you for introducing us to your very smart, articulate, and boy, were they good on radio. Gabby San Martin, Roe Ori, you two rocked it. We're proud of you and delighted to have you join the panel. Wonderful points of view. Mark and Todd, Mark Yilton, Todd Wilms from SAP. It's a privilege. I never thought I'd get both of you on the radio on the same show. Wow. We're just beaming here. I want to do shout outs to Malcolm Kimberlin, Anka Rebel, even to Reed Hornberger and the Business Channel team, Rob and Bob and Brad and Jeff and everybody, and here's my call to action. Put your seatbelts on. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Talk to you next Tuesday on Financial Excellence. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.